Welcome to Beneath the Wing. Just like air passing over the wing of an aircraft provides lift, the people we meet can also give us lift in life by sharing their stories of strength and success, connecting us all. Beneath the Wing explores the stories of the men and women connected with the Minnesota Air National Guard's 133rd Airlift Wing. This special series is dedicated to our Airmen's first year stories. Hear from our wing's newest members, from enlisted aviators to electricians, aircraft maintainers to medics, and all jobs in between. These airmen have transformed from high school students to dedicated and involved members of the 133rd Airlift Wing family. In their own words, they'll share how they chose their military job, the connection they have with the team, and how they've changed from young civilian to American airmen. I'm your host, Wing Command Chief, Mark Legvold. Joining me today on Beneath the Wing First Year Stories is Airman First Class Ashley Boros. Ashley grew up in Princeton, Minnesota. She graduated from homeschool and the PSEO program, which I'm still learning more about, uh, with her full associate's degree at graduation from high school. And then she joined the Guard, and here she is with us at the 133rd. Welcome, Ashley. Hi, how's it going? It's going great, and uh, thanks for taking time out of your day to talk with us a little bit about your first year experience. So. Let's just start there. What brought you to the Air National Guard? Um, I was kind of debating about going back to college again. And uh, my parents were really pushing to go back to college, and I decided, let's go military of some sort to kind of get them off my back. And then kind of just stuck with the idea. My older brother is also here down um, on base. So he already had a foot in the door, and he I was originally going to go either Air Force Resor Reserves or like. Army National Guard, with, but with him being Air National Guard, he uh, mentioned it to me and decided to uh, go with it. Yeah, absolutely. So a good place to come to get your parents off your back, Yeah. <laughs> but also a great place to come and serve. You had different choices, though. You, you could have joined the Air Force Reserve. I could have, Why did yeah. you choose the Guard? I like, I like the idea of still being, like, nationwide, so to say, but, like, the same time being like first responders to the state and stuff like that. Um, plus with my brother, like it was probably, in the end, I don't like think there was a major deciding factor, but with my brother being National Guard as well, kind of just made the deciding factor, I feel like. Absolutely, and such a good point that you bring up is the idea that as a part of the National Guard, we can get called up by the governor and help within mm -hmm. the state, whether it's a flood or a fire or domestic disturbance or something else where the state really, really needs us. Mm -hmm. COVID response is a big one for us. Um, you came in a little bit in the middle of COVID, <laughs> yep, yep. right? And so didn't necessarily get a chance to go out and do any no. of those domestic operations. Uh, you joined us uh, as a civilian high school student in August of 2021, but you didn't leave for basic until March of 2022. Correct. How did you spend your time between that August and March when you were coming out here for drill weekends? Um, just working a lot in between obviously coming out of here for the drill weekends and whatnot, but otherwise just going about like my normal day, like civilian life, so to say, um, mm. working anywhere between 40 and 60 hours at a time. So So you were balancing a part-time job mm -hmm. and coming out here mm -hmm. on those drill weekends. Mm -hmm. What was a drill weekend like for you not having gone to basic training at, in that gap time? They would, uh, we would meet here with our units um, at whatever our show time was. So for us, it's like 6.30. I know other units around the base are seven. 
So I'll show up here at 6.30, um, hang out with the guys, go to the first part of commander's call, and then at 8 o'clock we would head over to um, student flight, which is where they would send all the kids who haven't gone to basic or tech school or anything like that. And um, from there we would get split up and we would either we would either go over to the DFAC and help serve lunch with the um, kitchen people over there. So you'd go to the DFAC, which and is would, the dining facility. Yes, That's yep. what we call it out here. Yep. Okay. And uh, we would serve, we would be like cleaning tables, serving food, washing dishes, um, pretty much just helping out wherever was needed there over with the services people. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if we were not part of the group to go over to what we call KP, Kitchen Patrol, um, we would stay in the classroom and we would get different like briefings and other information about, about like the Air Force and mm -hmm. the National Guard and different resources that we had available to us. So they kind of taught you a little bit about what it's like to be in the military before you actually showed up at basic training. I wanted necessarily what it's like to be in the military, but a lot more of like the benefits that we have. Like they explained to us a lot about like military one source, um, I'm blanking on all the other briefings, but like we had a panel of um, kids that had just gotten back from tech school come in and we were able to ask them all the questions about basic and all that that we had. So just like a lot of the resources yeah. that we that are opened up to us here. That's great. And so they give you that, uh, all those briefings, all that information, mm -hmm. March 15th, 2022 rolls around and you get on a plane and head down <laughs> to basic training. What did you do to get ready to go to basic training? Um, I wasn't really stressed that much about basic training. Really? No, like when I first, enlisted I was but especially like talking to other people here and there and talking like my older brother and stuff like that everyone's like you'll be okay it's not that big of it like it's more of a mental game than it is a physical game like they will prepare you physically however you need to down there mm -hmm. there's girls who couldn't do a single push-up when we got there and by the end of it they're doing what they need to to pass their PT test their physical training test yeah. so um, I'd say to prepare for BMT, honestly, just spend a lot of time with like my friends and my family and get my life prepared to be on hold for like six months, so to say, back here or whatever. Yeah, so basic training lasted about seven weeks? Yep, about two months. Okay, and then right from basic training, you got sent to a pretty crummy place in the world. Pensacola, Florida. You had to go to Pensacola, yeah. Florida, and that was your technical school, That was correct? my technical school, yep. What was that experience like for you? I mean, I know everybody thinks about basic training, and it's standing up straight, doing mm -hmm, a lot of push-ups, mm -hmm. marching around, and, and taking some classes, learning how to be in the yeah. military. Once you're in the military, the Air National Guard, the Air Force, sends you to a tech school, mm -hmm. kind of like a community college for people in uniform, right? Mm -hmm. What was that experience like for you down in Pensacola? Well, being Stop on the beach. Stop smiling. It's winter and it's negative three today. <laughs> right. Being on the beach, it was pretty great. It was, it was a lot of fun. We were, my job, um, there was very few Air Force down on our base because it was my job and then two other jobs. Um, so there was, it was a tight-knit group. There was maybe 200 of us Air Force kids there. Mm -hmm. The rest were all Navy and Marines. But it was, I mean, it was nice. It was a night and day difference. You felt like you were doing everything wrong, coming out of basic where you have to march everywhere you go. You have to be in certain uniform at all times of the day. You're not allowed your phone or anything like that. You have to 
like you're set at three times a day, you're eating no other meals, you can't snack or anything like that. And coming to tech school, and you have pretty much all the freedom you want in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was honestly shocking at first almost. And I remember walking around with a couple of the guys being like, I feel like we're going to have like an MTI, military training instructor, at any time, jump those, around the those corner. Those friendly people with the Those friendly people, on. yep. Mm -hmm. Yep, jump around the corner and just start yelling at us and have us drop to our faces, start doing push-ups or something like that. But mm -hmm. no, it was, it was really, really nice. It was a lot of fun. Got close with a lot of people there. Obviously learned my job, but made a lot of good connections down there too. Yeah, yeah. Ashley, uh, I'm, I'm sitting here. We're just outside of your shop. Mm -hmm. uh, you are an aircraft structural maintenance apprentice right now, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, but you're working your way up and learning those skills. What does an aircraft structural maintenance apprentice or craftsman do? the Air Force? We do the structural parts of the aircraft. So you work on the planes? On the planes, yes, correct. Right. So another, like, we also get called sheet metal is our job because of a lot of our job is sheet metal. So if there's like a dent in the skin on the airplane, we will buff that out. We'll fix that. If there's a crack in the plane or any of the substructure or primary structure, we will handle that if it's at our level. So if it's too big for us, then we send it down to um, depot. I'm not sure what that stands for, not going to lie, but that's where they do all their major maintenance and stuff like that. But okay. stuff like a rivet being loose, um, crack, a dent, on one job like a tool or something like that, a nicked piece of metal, we do those types of repairs. And that stuff is important to make sure our planes keep flying mm -hmm. and are in tip-top shape? All the structures and substructures, yep. So you can pretty much bend, shape, mold, mm -hmm. weld, we don't rivet. do welding. Welding is a different, um, is a different AFSC, okay. which is our sister shop, um, Metals Tech. But we do all the bending and pretty much all the major aluminum work. Right. The plane, especially on the outside. I asked mm -hmm. Ashley before we got on the podcast what her favorite color was, and what color was it again? Gray. Air, <laughs> Air Force plain gray, which yep. is just fantastic. You you think of people that work in a shop for a living. Mm -hmm. One doesn't necessarily think of a recently graduated high school young yeah, woman. Yeah, not at all. How were you drawn to this particular career field? i not going to lie, I never saw myself here working on airplanes ever. I was never like one of the airplane geek kids or anything like that. Um, but when I came out here, when I was in the process of enlisting, they gave us a job tour. We could go around tour a different couple jobs and stuff like that. Well, um, the kid that I was touring with, he wanted to see a lot of the maintenance um, shops and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. we swung through. And the guys in the, the sheet metal shop here, they, they really caught my attention. And they told me straight up what the job was. They told me what their like what ex expectations would be, the benefits of it, the cons of it. So I mean, at the same time, they were all super friendly nice guys right off the bat, so kind of sparked my interest there. And then it was either that or going security forces. And I thought about it, talked a lot with like my older brother and um, a couple other people and just narrowed it down to which do I see myself doing more? And I was like, well, I've grown up like working with construction and on cars and stuff like that and the maintenance, so why not jump in? I don't know too much about metal, but can't be too different, right? So yeah. I decided to, to go with what I would enjoy more. And you've been back from tech school now for give or take a half a year or so? Yeah, got yeah, back September 2022. Are you happy with your choice? I am, I am. Why? So, 
like I said, the guys in the shop, they're amazing. They really are. Um, we all laugh all the time. We're all joking, picking on each other. Um, and at the end of the day, they're almost like brothers to me. Yeah. But job side of it, I fell in love with it. Like, it kind of sounds like clicky or whatever and cheesy, but in tech school, it kind of started coming easy to me. And it's not much different from what I used to do. So it's just with metal. It's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. You're an aircraft structural maintenance artist, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. there's, a good, there's a good passion there for you. Mm -hmm. um, so going through your day, you're working on something called upgrade training. Yep. And coming back from a tech school, you kind of had the basics down. Yep. Did you get a little extra time to practice your craft? Yeah. So when we came back, or when I came back, uh, my shop chief was really great about, and still is to this day, um, about being like, hey, if you have any questions about anything, don't hesitate to ask. If you want more time on anything, don't hesitate to ask. He 100% is on the side of slow and steady because um, he would rather me learn versus just rush through, get it done, get it done, get it done. But yeah, I mean, right now I'm working on a training project in the shop just because we got spare time and stuff like that to do. So knock it out, see where I'm at skill-wise and whatnot. So It's a step-by-step -step process getting you fully certified mm -hmm. and ready to yep. be considered a craftsman, mm -hmm. right? No rush. You have no a good rush. teacher, yep. good mentor and trainer. Yep. Yep. Um, you mentioned these guys are kind of like brothers to you. Are you the only woman in the shop? I am the only female in the shop. How does that go for you? At first, I was a little worried, not going to lie. Um, but... Like I said, we're, they treat me like a little sister sometimes, most of the time. Um, and we pick on each other all day long. But at the end of the day, like they all have my back, and I know that. But it's a great group of guys. It really is. I'm glad to hear that. It's, uh, it's a similar refrain for, with uh, a lot of the other first-year airmen that mm -hmm. I'm getting a chance to talk to is you know, they come out here for various reasons, and they really do develop the sense of family mm -hmm. in their in their small shop. When you were back at high school, and I understand you went through homeschool, right? Mm -hmm. And then at some point through Anoka Ramsey, you went through the PSEO program. Yep. Um, graduate high school with, almost, with a full associate's degree and then some. Are you planning on going back to college? It's in the back of my mind right now. Originally when I enlisted, my thought was 100% no, I don't want to go back. But I guess as time goes on, I'm sitting there thinking about it. I mean, it's a good benefit that I have access to mm -hmm. is um, some of the funding. So I'm thinking about it, considering it. Sure. So. Okay, fair, fair enough. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of time. I do, in a, I do. In a career. Um, Ashley, you are uh, working out here with us temporarily on a paid status. Mm -hmm. So you, you basically finished high school, mm -hmm. went to tech school and basic training, and mm -hmm. then you came back here and fell on into a full-time job. Pretty much. Is this a place where you feel like you could stay for a full career? I do. I do. Mm -hmm. um, not even, I mean, my shop, I feel like I could be there forever. I just, I don't feel like I get old of it or sick of it. Um, but there's always places and room for improvement, both in yourself and in your like professional career side. So even if I would say get bored of where I'm at or whatever, like there's always somewhere up I can go. Mm -hmm. So 
Maintenance is a big place. There is a lot in maintenance. So. Yeah, and the Air Force is a big place. One of the cool benefits, and I took advantage of this too in my career, is you get a chance to go into a completely different job and never lose mm -hmm. one bit of pay. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a heck of a deal. It is, it is. Thinking back to your high school self. Okay. A whole year ago, Whoa. right? <laughs> well, a year and a half ago. How have you changed as a person since joining the military? I have grown stronger in myself. How so? Um, more of a sense of knowing who I am a little bit. More independence, but at the same time, understanding that I can't do everything on my own and that I have a support system and that they're there for me and that there's a lot of times that I do have to call on them. And that is 100% okay to be asking for help and to be calling on them. But a lot of maturing, I would say, like between the basic and the tech school um, period of time, like, like one morning I woke up in basic and it was almost like a switch that was just flipped. And I just felt like I knew who I was a little bit more and like a stronger sense of myself. Yeah, so. it's, it's interesting that you put it that way because when a lot of people think about what basic training or military mm -hmm. service in general is like, they say, well, I, I want to lose who I am. Yeah. And yet you, you seem to say that you become you learned a whole lot more about mm -hmm. really who you are yeah. and became stronger in that. What, what do you think flipped that switch? I don't know. I would probably say like just waking up and being like, holy cow, I'm in the military. Like it's not just all a, like a, oh, fun joke type of deal. Like, no, this is my life. Mm -hmm. Like this is what I signed up for and agreed to. Like it's not just a background thought. This is what I'm doing. It's what I looked up to. Like, like as a little kid, you'd always like in parades or whatever see folks in military uniform be like, "Whoa, I have a lot of respect for them. Like they're doing something that most people cannot do." And then wake up and realize that you are part of the one percent that is doing it. It's it's kind of eye-opening in a way. Yeah. I, I hope you keep that sense of, of pride in what you're doing because you're right. It's not everybody can mm -hmm. serve in the military. Uh, but those that can and choose to do that, it, there's, uh, there is a good sense of purpose in that. Mm -hmm. um, you talked a little bit about your brother. Mm -hmm. um, he's not in the same small organization as you. What's his job? His job is cable and antenna. Okay. Um, so he's part of the 210th group over here. Mm -hmm. So he does like all of like the ground cables and stuff like that. There's like a lot of fancy words for it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, was it easier to join because he was a part of the organization? I would say so, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, you, uh, you knew that your brother was here. You knew you ha had that close tie. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has that luxury of having mm -hmm. a relative that is serving. Um, when it comes to a sense of belonging and togetherness in an organization, um, what was the first time that you really had that sense of, of this is where I belong. You mentioned the tour mm -hmm. and you know the guys are fun and all that other business but is there a time where it really clicked where yeah this is this is a great place to be? Um, probably there's probably like a couple situations I could think of. The first one that really comes to mind is the guys in my shop when like the first time that they gave me a nickname and it stuck so, because at that point it's like, whoa, they're accepting me and like, 
I belong here now because mm -hmm. now that's what they know me as. That's what they refer me as, to me as. But that and then everyone you talk to here and everyone you meet, like, I've noticed this not even just here on base, but down in Florida too and down in Texas too. You, everyone has a common, already has a common, like, interest, so to say, or starting point. So it's easy to, like, go off and talk about that and branch off and have conversations about that. And everyone's accepting of everyone. And it's not like coming out of high school where everyone's, like, super clicky or everything like that. It's a sense of, like, we're all part of one team. Mm -hmm. we, we all had to go through the mm -hmm. same level of, of this sucks in basic training. Yep. And, and yep. everybody gets to share those stories. Yep. And we run into our counterparts and other branches of the service, and they tell us how soft we are. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know what? We'll take that, we'll right? We'll take it. We'll take it. Absolutely. Um, so you've been to Texas, mm -hmm. San Antonio. Yep. You've been to the terrible place of Pensacola, Florida. And so bad. Braved through four months of that. Uh, have you traveled at all since coming back? Since coming back, I got the opportunity to go down to Homestead, Florida, for a um, for a mission that for it was like two and a half to three weeks for a mission that the maintenance group was uh, assisting with and running down there. Did you fly down there on our planes? Yep, yep. Uh, we actually took a J model down there. We have um, C-130Hs up here, mm -hmm. but we had a C-130J model come up, pick us up, and then we flew back on one of our planes here. Okay. How was that experience flying on a military plane? Was, What's that like for somebody that's never really done that? It was fun, not going to lie. I liked it a lot more than traditional commercial flying. Why it's is that? The leg comfortable. room? The leg room, leg room, kind of. I mean, it gets a little packed in there when you put two whole crews in there, mm -hmm. but it's just doesn't feel like you have to stay in your seat the entire time. Oh, if I can't be too loud or anything like that. Like, they're already loud. You have to wear noise-canceling headphones, yeah. like, and even still, but it's relaxing. It's easier in a way. When, uh, when people think about flying on a plane, they normally think, you know, sitting in a regular passenger mm -hmm. seat on Delta, United, mm -hmm. you know, American, any of those mm -hmm. big ones, where you're facing front. Mm -hmm. How did you sit when you were on the military plane? We were all sitting against the walls of the um, of the cargo department, the mm -hmm. cargo like area. Um, we also had a row of seats in the middle, so that we're sitting there facing each other for um, if need be. But nope, not sitting there facing forward, looking at the back of the seat. You're looking at each other. And nobody brought snacks or cup of oh, coffee. Oh, we all brought snacks. Uh, we all, we all had snacks. Own. And then what's really cool is um, those who have flown before and have gone on like different deployments and um, TDYs and such before, they all, once we're up in the air, they all go get their portable hammock and they go and hook it up to the back of the plane. So when you just walk back there, it's just hammock on hammock on hammock on hammock. Everybody's so taking a nap. Everyone's the sleeping. The they got their Netflix going and snacking and passed out. How nice, huh? Yep. What are your goals for the rest of your term? You signed up, you're thinking about getting a full-time job if this yep. is, what are your big goals, not just for your military career, but also personally for Ashley? Personal for Ashley, ooh, I haven't thought about that one for a second. Um, Military-wise, like you said, we're working on getting me full-time down here, so that'll probably mean for sure extending my uh, my contract right now, but We'll like I'll figure that out in 
what, four years when that comes time. You signed up for six years for six, initially. Yep. All right. So did you have an option by the way? Nope. Not with National years? Guard. Okay. So um, but personal goals probably I'm kind of thinking about getting my A and P license. Tell me what an AMP is. Airframe and power unit, power something. It's pretty much uh, your license to go work on planes on the civilian side. Okay. So um, with that license though, you do everything from not just the structures, which is what I'm used to, but engines, hydraulics, all the fun, everything. Um, I'm thinking about going and getting that and or going to get my welding certificate and possibly say for whatever reason I don't end up full-time down here going to an airport or an airline and being like hey here's what I'm certified in what can you guys offer me so kind of thinking about that but as of right now probably the plan is just to stick here mm -hmm. and then probably go buy land up north or something like that and start eventually building my dream home so sounds like a good thing you told you told me that you uh, you like your peace and quiet but you're still kind of a people person right? I am I am how does that look for you on your time off because obviously you're not wearing the uniform every mm -hmm. day 24 7 mm -hmm. what do you do in the time off and how do you balance time, time off, off. And, and work well on a daily I live an hour away from base so um, on the way home every day, um, it's a good hour, hour, 20 minutes with traffic or whatever. So I get my time to like decompress myself there. Um, and then usually I get home, I spend time with my dog and then end up going pretty much straight to the gym where me and my, a couple of my gym buddies, we go hang out, work out for a couple hours and then usually come home and uh, make dinner, get lunch ready for the next day and shower, pass out usually by like 10, 10.30ish. And then up in the morning. And then and up in the morning right, right away, yep. Right straight through the Twin Cities, right? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, good for you. Glad that you make that long drive. If you're looking for a good podcast recommendation for your trip, I have one. Oh, really? <laughs> I sure do. You can listen to yourself on this one. <laughs> um, obviously, growing up in Princeton and uh, having workout buddies and, mm -hmm. and a good social circles, is this something that you would recommend for people to try out? And if so, why? If not, why not? I would recommend it. Um, I wasn't like so sure if I would fit in when I was first um, signing on or enlisting. Why is that? Is there a stereotype that you thought you had to fit? Yeah, a little bit. Like, just kind of more of like your tough jockey, so to say, is like kind of more the stereotype that I had. Like, I thought I had to be, but. I decided to just say go for it um, and like I said it helped me find who I am give me a little bit more self or a sense of myself but on top of that there's a little bit of everyone here in the military there's you got the nerds you got the jocks you got the artists you got all of it um, so if there's like any any sort of interest that you even have a small bit of interest in there's so many opportunities for you to take from there but on top of that, if you want to try something new, but aren't sure how it will go, it's easy to try something new here. Top of that, with being with being National Guard, part of part of the reason why I chose to go um, National Guard or Reserves versus going active duty was I wasn't sure if I was going to like it at all. Um, so by going National Guard, it gave me the option of being a uh, one weekend a month, put the uniform on, and then be able to go back to my civilian life. So it was like 
trial, so to say, being like, it's easy. I'm not going to say it's easy to forget about it because it's part of who you are, but it doesn't overwhelm you. So if you're not looking and if you're like unsure, like that's why my older brother decided to go to National Guard is because he wasn't, he wasn't sure if it for, was for him. And he didn't fall in love with it, so it, it's perfect for him because he spends his weekend a month and uh, he's got his buddies down here. He loves them. He loves his job. He does, but it's just not for him. But it was a good way of saying, I want to try it out without signing your life away for like four years, so to say, and being shipped off to who knows where. Mm -hmm. So, And he's balancing that civilian life mm -hmm. and the military life. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you get to do this every single day. I do, I do. Free clothes. Exactly. And your camouflage to boot, which is Pretty fantastic. Much. Um, I've been speaking with Airman First Class, Ashley Boros of the, our maintenance group. She works in the aircraft structural maintenance uh, section, working on her uh, apprenticeship and their upgrade training and has found a good home and a good family here with the Air National Guard. Ashley, thanks for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely my pleasure. Hope you enjoyed this uh, session of Beneath the Wing with Ashley Boros. Hope you tune in next time. As always, thanks for joining me on Beneath the Wing, where those connected with the 133rd Airlift Wing Minnesota Air National Guard share their stories of strength and success. We will be releasing a new first-year story each Tuesday and Thursday throughout the month of February, March, and April. If you think you are someone whose story could be a part of our Wings family here in Minnesota and are seeking direction for your next step in life, or you know someone who is, please explore our opportunities at 133aw.ang.af.mil and share these podcasts. If you're outside our local area but are still interested in serving in the Air National Guard in your state or territory, goang.com will get you started. That's goang.com. As always, I'd like to thank our public affairs section, especially Amy Lovegren, for her post-production and release work. I've been your host, Wing Command Chief Master Sergeant Mark Lightbulb.